happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. And also with you. I, I, I could not be more grateful to have this week's guest who has joined us oh my God. Uh, like uh, just by the seat of her pants at the very last minute. Yes. Uh, what a treat. I, I mean, she needs no introduction, but we know and love her from yes. Drag Race Season 2, All-Star Season 1. She's an Emmy Award winner for Outstanding Makeup and her new show, Painted with Raven, uh, premiered when you hear this uh, yesterday on WoW presents plus raven is here raven yay, yay! thank you so much for yeah, being here you were saying before we started that you are about to you're in the process of moving what, what's going on yes i finally decided i was going to put on some uh big boy panties and buy a house oh nice uh i i i think i got so complacent in renting that when um, I started looking at the fact that I had just turned 42 and I was like, wait a minute, you, you kind of are getting to a point where you should have like a place where you can call your own that in the future, you're actually, you don't, you won't have to worry about someone coming and saying, Hey, we need your rent. Like it just, I just, I started seeing a bunch of things flashing before my eyes. Like, you know what? I'm going to do this now. And I wish I would have done it many, many years ago. So, uh, and I wish I also would have done it at a different time of the year instead of right before the holidays. So <laughs> it's a tricky time. It's a tricky time. Now, where are you moving from and to? Well, I'm staying in Southern California. Uh-huh. So okay, I, 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 um, I, and I'm about an hour outside of Los Angeles. I can't live in LA. I, uh, every time I'm out there, I go for work. And when I am, in LA and I try to get from one place to another, depending on the time of the day, it can take an hour just to get a mile. So yeah. I said, ah, I'm going to stay outside of LA. So I'm, uh, I'm living out, uh, in, I just bought a house in Rancho Cru- oh, Santana. Sorry. Rancho Cru- awesome. Very close, oh. but yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I grew up in Victorville. Are you familiar uh, with Victorville? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The little blip on the radar on your way to Vegas. So I'm still close enough to my family. I'm still close enough to work. I still have the mountains, the beach, Disneyland, the desert, yeah. a little bit of everything. And the Fontana Speedway. Get yourself some uh, some car racing. I uh, only ever see it when I'm on a plane coming into the airport. I've never actually uh-huh. thought uh, of going and, and checking that out. Yeah, it does sound kind of grim, but it's there. It's there for you. Should you ever decide? So we're we're recording this two days before Thanksgiving, and I know you're in the middle of moving. But what are your holiday plans? Well, we actually have decided that we're going to have everyone come over to the house. So even though it won't be put together and it won't be ready to go at all, we uh, we just know we want to have everyone come, and it would be the way to say, "Okay, check out our new place." Great. So we're having everyone come over. And then we're going to cook and everyone's going to bring something and then uh, just hang out. I mean, that's what we usually do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's great. what most people do. I, you know, I am not really, um, I used to love Thanksgiving because it was like the gateway to the holidays. But I feel like now um, things or uh, Halloween has become that. Yeah. Where, like right after, like not even after Halloween, like Christmas has already been out in the store. Like this year it was really 
kind of frustrating to walk into um, Lowe's, Home Depot, uh, any any you know home improvement store, and see all of their Christmas stuff already out, kind of with the Halloween stuff pushed aside. That um, I think that we're kind of jumping the gun, and before you know it, yeah. I think Valentine's Day will be out before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Christmas has a hold on us. Those uh, those Sirius XM holiday music stations start in like August now. It's too much. They are, they they don't even really go anywhere, do they? They're always available online, but they they move over to the main dial like really earlier and earlier every year. It's yeah. My it's favorite genre of film is the Christmas. Uh, the Christmas. I love all. I, I my iTunes is full of Christmas movies and every Goldie Hawn movie. Okay. Yeah, and then it took what how many years for Goldie Hawn to be in a Christmas movie, and it was like not really that great. But I still watched. I don't. It. I don't remember what it was. What was it? it? It just came out last year. It was Christmas Chronicles two. Oh, and Kurt Kurt Russell plays Santa. Oh, She's Mrs. Mrs. Claus. Right. Is that the idea? Yeah, she yeah. plays with. So I, the first one was really great. I liked it, and it was. Um, you know, Kurt Russell playing Santa Claus, and the whole time I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I wonder if Goldie's going to do a cameo, and then she is Mrs. Claus, and then the second one came out, she was Mrs. Claus, and I didn't really care for it as much. The storyline was just a little, like, you know, when they try and go way too far left with with some of these storylines, you think, gosh, you kind of ruined it, but... Yeah, we want the cookie cutter, like predictable rhythm with, with our Christmas movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I don't know if I'm going to watch Home Alone, Home Sweet, Home Sweet Home Alone. I don't know if I'm going to get into that. I just, yeah, it. I feel like that movie's been done, 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 done. Yeah, and they've kind of now they're they're all wanting to do these reboots or or. Uh, regurgitation of old things and maybe i'll sit down and watch it if i have time maybe i won't we'll see yeah yeah so are you are you hallmark are you lifetime no neither no hallmark i've watched two hallmark christmas movies one of them uh is called a crown for christmas Mm-hmm. And it stars Danica McKellar, and I actually mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. And I have that mm-hmm. on my iTunes. And there was another one that I saw, but they're all the same movie. They are all. They're the same. literally all the same movie. And then Lifetime. I have not turned on Lifetime television for women and gay men in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I stopped probably the early two thousand when it just became really awful. Uh, documentaries of people that you really wanted to know their story and after you watched it you thought this is crap like yeah. did you watch the britney murphy one Ooh, no no <laughs> go on lifetime it was a lifetime movie and it was a britney murphy uh documentary or, or lifetime story it was really bad was it scripted or, or was it yeah, like was somebody pl- oh, okay, so somebody was playing Brittany Murphy. Yes, go watch it. I don't want to ruin it for you. I don't want to spoil okay. it more than it already was. Okay. I, I'm a I'm a classic Christmas movie guy. I love like my favorite Christmas movie is uh 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's uh-huh. probably my all-time favorite. But I love A Miracle on 34th Street, the original. I love It's a Wonderful Life. I love, you know, all of those films that I grew up watching that are kind of like comfort food. So when I put yeah. them on, it just makes me feel like I remember back to being a kid and those being on and thinking that I watched It's a Wonderful Life at such a young age with such a deep meaning yeah. and actually enjoying it. But then you watch it now and you go, wow, this is kind of a a deep story. It is. It is. It's it's crazy. Like every few years I, I revisit it and I learn as if for the first time, It's a Wonderful Life is a very long movie. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of shit going on. Like there's the parts that you remember, but then there's just like, there's a ton of stuff. Just a ton. There's so many different things. Uh, yeah. Weaved into it that you don't, uh, you, you kind of, if you don't pay attention, you miss. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. It is, it is a wonderful movie. I might, I might watch it again, but yeah, I, I have to, I have to prepare myself every year. Uh, are there special family Thanksgiving traditions that you will uh, continue in this new Fontana home? Thanksgiving. Don't really have any. We're, no. um, you know, we, as growing up, we all got together as a family. We all, you know, got gathered at my grandparents' house because growing up in Victorville, there was not much to do up there. I don't think there is still much to do up there, but yeah. we all gathered there and um, then it moved over to my mom's house. And then as we've gotten older, everyone's moved away. And everyone, right. I think, kind of got, you know, wanted to do their own thing away from Victorville. So no one's really around anymore. So we kind of all do our own thing. Yeah. And I, I watch, again, going back to Christmas movies, holiday movies, and thinking of those traditions that people have. We don't really have any of that. We've never had that. We've always uh, kind of, I guess, on the, everything was on the fly. Like, okay, well, let's, let's do this or let's do that. It's never yeah. something that we've looked at as we have to do this. Right. Yeah. Mm-mm. So no matching Christmas jammies or anything of that nature. That's weird that that, that seemed like it happened in commercials and then it jumped over to real life. Not for me or my family, but I, it's a thing that I see people posting and it's like, you don't, you don't have to do this. You don't have to be in matching jammies. I also think a lot of people do that for solely for social media. For the gram? Uh, yeah. yeah. They, a lot of people do this because they want to go, oh, look at me. Look what we're doing. Look at my friend. Right. Look how cute we are. And in reality, they don't live like that. No. Most of the things people post online, they don't live that way. They're they're creating this, uh, you know, I I have a friend who he would go on trips and once a year and he would bank all of these photos of him and he would go to certain parts of, you know, most of these were tropical parts of the world and he would take photos of himself facing this way, one facing this way, and he would do that for the duration of his vacation and bank all of these photos so that throughout the year he could post them. And it looks like he's just living this lavish life out uh, on vacation, but really he's at work (laughs) doing his job, but making people think, Oh, wow, he's, uh, you know, he's in, you know, this part of the world again, and that part of the world again. 
That's diabolical. Or things like that where they go, oh, look at us in our matching jammies. You think those jammies are all cleaned at the same time? Do you think that they're (laughs) all, they've decided, okay, everyone go put on your jammies. Mm -hmm. And I'm the type of guy where it's a t-shirt or tank top and uh, shorts all through the year. I very rarely put on sweatpants. It has to be like super cold for me to to want to bundle up. And to actually wear a pair of pajamas, like, I, I just don't, I don't. No, thank you. No, thank you. So what's your relationship to social media? I mean, obviously you have to use it for work purposes, but like, how, how are you able to sort of like, you know, balance your own sanity? Well, you know, I, last year, um, in, in the, the, the midst of everything, like 2020 was just this, you know, 365 days of chaos. It was really, there were a lot of things that happened that it was like, gosh, okay, now we need to focus on this. And now we're looking at this and now we're trying to deal with that. That I always had this like love hate relationship with social media. And a lot of people laugh because I would start an account and then delete it. Yeah. And then I would, I would work up this and go, okay, I'm out of here. And uh, um, last year, I just saw there was so much back and forth between people. There was the, the, you know, the maskers and the anti-maskers. There were the people who were, uh, you know, sharing this information about, uh, you know, a, a, a global pandemic that was causing hysteria. But when you looked at and clicked on it, this was from like months before. And the thing was constantly changing that there were so many people who needed to have information in the now that when you're sharing something that was a month old, it's like we've moved on from that. Yeah. And then just the way people were attacking each other over the Black Lives Matter um, movement that I I feel that that's always going to be a movement and it's always going to be something that we're going to have to keep in the forefront of our society and the way people were attacking each other over that it was just too much that i i signed off of facebook and was like i'm out like i posted something about you know be kind to each other um whatever and i left i logged out i haven't logged back in and as for instagram my boyfriend runs that because he wanted to start one a couple years ago because he wanted to be able to post photos and then I said, okay, I don't want to look at it. And uh, only because when I had one before, I got so consumed by it. And then there was a time where it was, I, I remember being policed by people, which is now even worse. Over, Like I had posted a picture of two drag queens changing in the, in the dressing room and it got flagged for nudity. And they were wearing, you know, four pairs of dance tight hip pads but the, 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 the fact that someone needed to flag this picture because they didn't like the way it made, I don't know. I just, I feel people, so many people on social media have agendas other than um, just posting themselves at uh, a tropical resort from mm-hmm. last year, but saying, Here, look where I'm at now. People just want to get on there and, and think that they are, are going to be the next TikTok or Instagram queen and, and, uh, rule the world with, uh, reels and photos when it's literally, why not just post fun little morsels of popcorn for people to enjoy for the moment and let it be that. But so many people think that it's turned into this 
uh, I, I don't know. I can go on a tangent and I feel like I am. So I'm going to say you're not. That's you're what not you're here for. Yeah, for me is uh, literally let me post a picture, post something and go. You know, I yeah. like this this last uh, year, people have gotten crazy on on uh, there over the fact that they think I, I, I'm too tan. And, yeah. uh, you know, even last year, I, when we were asked to lock down and stay home, I did that. And I live in Southern California. I spend literally every day I can out my backyard to the chagrin of uh, a lot of people who think that I, you know, eh, that might not be too good for you. But in order to maintain my, uh, you know, match up my face to the rest of my body, I have to deepen my foundation. I can't wear what I'm going to wear if I'm not, if I don't have a tan. So, uh, people just, you, you, and that's the other thing. People don't understand people's intention. They don't understand what, uh, is going on in someone's mind when they're getting ready. It's like, they don't, they're not trying to make themselves look like something. They're just going, okay, this matches. This looks good. This is, uh, what it is. But everyone wants to find and pick something apart and be mad about it yeah. and be angry without it being a real issue or a real problem. They they look for things and go, oh, well, we need to police this now or we need to do yeah. a purity check and go, oh, are you going down the right path? Is, I don't like the way this makes me feel. And it turns into something that it's completely not. And that's social media in a nutshell. <laughs> it's also in early 2020 a place where in the drag community there was a lot of conflict because there were queens who were performing when people were in lockdown and there were queens who were upset about that um did you sort of stay out of the fray there no and i did i i saw that that there were queens who were posting or uh, one of the uh, someone spoke to me about that they were like how could she go work and do this without a mask um and the thing is, is maybe they weren't requiring that. Maybe that the, they they talked about the parameters of how this is going to work. We're we're only allowing people with vaccination cards. We're only allowing people, you know, to come in and uh, they can watch from here. You know, we don't know what's going on in these places. So I did see that there were people uh, policing other queens on where they were working, how they were working. They had a mask on. They didn't have a mask on. And it just got, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, yeah, I stayed away from all of it. I just went ahead, did my thing. I didn't mess with anyone. I didn't bother anybody. I just, you know, did my job safely and in a lot of, you know, masks, shields, gloves, antibacterial stuff, just stayed away from people. Smart. So other okay, so other than Christmas movies and uh, lifetime dramatizations of the life of Brittany Murphy, what are your like? What are your TV binges? What are your what are your TV habits generally? Uh, you know what? I, this is another thing. I watch old shows. I I, I like to watch the things that I watched as a child that I grew up enjoying. I'm you know, I just this last year I rewatched Roseanne, the original run of Roseanne. Mm. And I remembered how uh, growing up watching that, thinking, this is my family. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, the, right down to the blanket on the, the or the afghan that was on the back of their couch. I always watch the Golden Girls. I think I've seen each episode of the Golden Girls at least 
20 times. Yeah. I mean, some more than others. Mm-hmm. And as far as actually watching television, what's on television now? Let's see, we watched The Masked Singer, and then there's a season. Is there still one going on now? Boy, you are asking the two wrong people. But I, I, I think I think you. it might just have ended this season. I don't know. Into the first couple, and then now um, I just haven't had time to watch the others. Yeah. I and I, as much as I love watching RuPaul's Drag Race, I haven't had time to watch that either. And I love, of course, watching the ones that that Rue's hosting because it's like I get to watch and see, you know, what we worked on and what we you know, done, but I used to watch every single one of them, Canada, Holland, uh, Thailand. Like I have not even had time to sit down and even look at anything. So it's hard for me to think about all of, because we filmed, we just did the math during uh, last year and this year within like, I think 18 months time, we filmed seven seasons of, different iterations of drag yeah. race right. and it's hard to keep up with it and there's about you know I, I um i guess i'm going off the off subject here but it's great to see drag being shown in in a light other than being some weird thing that you know pe- like when i first started doing drag it was looked at by both the gay and the straight community as kind of like that weird like ooh, why do you do that and yeah. I remember being like, ah, because I like doing it. And that's why we do this. And you come and you enjoy it. You en- you watch the show. We provide you entertainment. And you liked it. So uh, you walked away with a smile. That's why we did this. And so, uh, you know, many different queens get their own gratification out of it. Mine was, I loved just being on stage. I loved doing makeup. I loved creating a, a look. And putting it together. So, what better way to showcase it than be in a drag show? Yeah. And I remember uh, thinking, this is this is just something I I had to put it on, run to the car, get to the club, take it off, so no one would see it. And that's right. because there was such this embarrassment and stigma that went over it that people, you know, you were afraid you were going to get laughed at or possibly even harmed. And yeah. now it's. It's put out there for the world to look at and say, oh, wow, this is great. We enjoy this. This is, a, yeah. um, and now you can watch it in almost any country. <laughs> yeah. That is too much. So we can't keep up with all that. Yeah, there's so much of it. And it's so, it's so wonderful that drag queens are now being used for and utilized for, you know, global campaigns and that there's, uh, a, you know, a little bit of everything for everyone. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's crazy to think that it started as I remember watching season one of RuPaul's Drag Race because I had auditioned and didn't make it. And um, I almost, I was like that close to getting there. And they uh, called me back and I auditioned for season two. And I'm glad I made it in season two because when I watched season one, it was so small and mm-hmm. uh, so much more different than it is now. And then, you know, look where it's at. Look how many seasons they've done. And how many different countries they've done. And now, you know, they've had what drag you and there's all these other shows that have come off of it that it's it's great to watch that there's drag on television. Yeah. Do you remember your first drag performance? I know it very well. I will never forget it because yeah. I I did a song called Four AM by Submarine. And it was um 
it was this kind of kind of a very dark uh, song. And I remember getting my whole thing. It was going to be that song or Till the Day I Die by Garbage. And I remember getting everything together for it, thinking, oh, I'm just going to go out there and do what I want. I don't, I'm not going to try and do something that I think is going to, because it was a contest that I had entered. I didn't Mm -hmm. care if I won. I just wanted to do it. And I didn't want to be, you know, just, I had dressed up for Halloween. I had dressed up for fun. I had, you know, done all of that. I actually wanted to go on stage. And I remember getting everything together and going, oh, this is going to be awful. (laughs) Whatever. I can say I went out and did it. And I, I remember doing it. And I won the contest. And I thought, oh, shit, now that this means I'm booked, I have to do their show once a month. And I loved it. I, I you know, I, it's from that one time, it's turned into, what, this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting in an actual room that I use for just drag. Costumes, hair, shoes, jewelry, makeup, all of yeah. this stuff that, uh, it's, it's weird to think where you end up or where, where you started and the things right. that you go, wow, I can't believe that this is just a tiny little scratch that I wanted to itch. Oh, I want to do drag. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, who was your style inspiration for that first, that first look? Oh my gosh. I, you know, I always, every time uh, I'm asked about who my inspirations are, I always just, I think of MTV. I think of MTV in the 80s mainly. And I think of, you know, how the, when you would see people in music videos, you thought this is otherworldly. This isn't someone who just looks pretty on the television or in a commercial or on a magazine. Like the, the blush, there was a little more blush and there were bigger eyelashes and everything was the the costuming. And um, I, I think it was more along the lines of like Joan Jett, Pat Benatar, Ooh, yeah. A little bit of uh, you know Michael Jackson. I I was uh, I've always been inspired by things from the eighties, and I think I also love the 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 twenties. I love the forties, but the eighties is something that for me, growing up in it, and I always think I look through an eighties filter. Like yeah. when you look at photos or video of the eighties, and it's got that really washed out. Uh, kind of mm. rainy look i always think that that's what it, it looked like and i remember back thinking no it didn't but i um yeah i think I, I i would say most of my inspiration comes from the 80s it was a very bright decade it was a very very bold Everything decade i was wearing in in that first performance was black i was wearing black pants black blouse black corset black hair black like it was literally just you know black on black on black which everyone loves to wear black. Most people like to wear black, but it's uh, definitely evolved since then. And for the first couple of times I did drag, everything was a dark. Sultry, smoky kind of take on drag. And then I started to break out. I remember I bought this pink gown and I thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go in and do glamour. And then it, I still had like the smoky eyes and had the like the black hair. It's right. just funny when you think back to where uh, where you had those turning points 
And then you look and you go, it wasn't really a turning point as it was just a nudge. Yeah. All right, everybody deserves great sex. Can we agree on that? Of course we can. But let's be real. Not everyone is having great sex. They're not even necessarily having good sex. Luckily, there's a podcast from Lemonada called Good Sex to fix it. Talk all about it each week. You will hear two real people, a real life couple, a pair of friends. They will ask each other frank and frankly hilarious questions that will spark an honest conversation about why they aren't having good sex in the hopes that they can learn new things and put the good back in good sex. They talk about everything from uh, communication that can use a little help, the constant togetherness of the pandemic area, kids and their interruptions, mental hangups, and understanding what keeps these couples from having good sex just might give you some ideas for how to get your sex life together. Season three of Lemonada Media's Good Sex premiered on November 9th. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It is the most wonderful time of the year. And by that, of course, I mean it's Miller time. We're getting into the holiday spirit here at Homophilia, and we are giving our friends and family the gift of Miller time. That's right. They have got limited edition holiday wrapping paper packaging on select packs. So giving the gift of Miller time has never been easier. If you go to shop.millerlight.com, you can find amazing gift ideas for the beer lovers on your list. And you can give your friends and family the gift of Miller time this holiday season. It is the perfect way to celebrate the holidays. Tis Miller time with friends and family. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Give the gift of Miller time this holiday season by going to MillerLite.com forward slash homophilia to find delivery options near you or pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. Tis Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Creating healthy habits is not easy. Sticking with healthy habits might even be harder, especially when you are busy and your to-do list is as long as your arm. And that is where Splendid Spoon comes in. They believe in plant-based eating as the single most effective tool that we have to feel our best day in and day out. And when you make a habit out of plant-based eating, it allows you to be the best version of yourself. You get, uh, you get more energy, you lose weight, your sleep gets better, your skin gets better. I am not playing when I tell you I love Splendid Spoon. Truly, uh, they, they, they have some good little soups. They have um, like a, a mushroom and spinach kind of noodle dish. They have these great little smoothies. They have, uh, they have shots, like a detox shot. I've needed one of those uh, more than once in, in the last few weeks. It is truly all very delicious and so easy. Just heat it up, eat it, or if it's a smoothie, pull it out the fridge, drink it. You know what to do with a smoothie. Uh, I am telling you, it is so good and so easy, and it really makes it that much simpler to adopt some healthy habits. Um, we are coming out of this terrible era we're going to have to pull it together as we begin to mix and mingle once again. So do it deliciously. Get started and save 35 bucks on your first order of delicious plant-based meals at SplendidSpoon.com slash homophilia. That is SplendidSpoon.com slash homophilia to save 35 bucks off of your first order. That makes it only $6.66 per meal. And thank you to Splendid Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. 
so you are, uh, and as we said, an Emmy award winning makeup artist and who would have thought, I mean, I, I was thinking about, you know, your relationship with Rue because, you know, Rue famously has like, you know, healthy boundaries when it comes to all of the Queens. Understandably, there are, there are hundreds of them. There's one of him, but he chose you as his makeup artist. He's producing your show. You're, I think, the only former queen that he follows on Instagram. So what do you what do you think it is about you that has set you apart and forged that relationship? I don't know, to be quite honest. I um I've never asked. <laughs> I, you know, I when I got the call to do uh, to step in and do his makeup, I will never forget where I was and what I was doing. And I said, no. I oh, told yeah. them I'm not going to do that. No. I have pressure. And it's very, very, a lot of pressure. And I was looking at a lot of different things. And um, I had an, I thought I had an excuse and a way out because I had, I was leaving the next day to go and do this little three city tour for a weekend and then come back. And um, that was, that was again, my norm. It was, I, I, you know, I was used to be working in clubs, bars, uh, colleges, anywhere that I was being, you know, paid, I was going to show up. And it was, uh, this was something that was taking me out of that. So, there were a lot of things that I looked at that made me say no. But the main thing was, this is Paul. This is the w- one of the people that I looked at as a very young uh, gay boy who always thought of wanting to do drag that I idolized that is asking me to do their makeup. And then on top of that, the vast amount of iconic looks that had been created that he has walked down a runway he's put into print i cannot compete with that nor do i want to compete with that and i was not um that all of those things flashed through my head at once and i said no and then i remember like after i hung up the phone like 15 minutes later them calling me back and i remember and i and i just looked at my boyfriend and I just started crying and I said I cannot believe this I can't like I, I can't do it and so when they called and me they, back sorry, they, they called back to because they couldn't take no for an answer pretty much well they said get sorry. your ass here tomorrow and I ended up saying yes I'm glad I did <laughs> because who knows uh who knows what could have happened who who knows where I would be or what I would be doing but also my love for Rue um, before being in his dressing room um, I already had such a love and an admiration for him that it just it was something that I didn't want to you know they say don't 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 meet your uh, idols sure, don't yeah. you know especially don't work for them <laughs> so I thought I don't want to do this, but he has made showed me that I I we have that I enjoy going to work. I enjoy showing up to set. I enjoy getting there and us sitting like we. There's times that we have to go. Oh my gosh, we should have started getting ready an hour ago because we're just sitting there talking and laughing. You know, 
lots of coffee and just, you know, enjoying speaking about what we watched the night before, which is usually some old television show. So we, uh, we've definitely become friends and I, I felt like I had a friend in him beforehand, but we've become friends since. And it was uh, still something I look at and go, I can't believe we were going to say no to this. And I, I still, when I look back at what I did the first season that I worked with through, I, I, I cringe and I know it was not great work, but again, I'm looking at what I, I was nervous. I, I, I was nervous. I was very scared and um, I didn't know what I was doing. I was only used to painting myself. I had painted other people before, but it wasn't at this caliber. It wasn't at, you know, the host of a television show, one of your favorite television shows and an, a childhood idol of yours. Just, yeah, I don't know. It, it was, uh, it was weird, difficult and fun, but uh, yeah, it's, it's still a trip to think about. And you were already, you know, a, like a very accomplished, you know, a, a famous performer at when this call came. So even though it has obviously with this show been such a big step forward for you at the time, did it feel like it could be a step back because it's something that we think of as a non-performer's job? It's a behind the scenes job and you are definitely in in, in front, front of the yeah, scenes I, first. I did think that I was I, I it was kind of weird to step away, especially because we film mainly during Pride season. So that's where we get a lot of our work. And right. a lot of queens work during Pride and they're, you know, bouncing all over the place during the year that it felt like I was taking up putting my drag, what I do, you know, Raven in kind of like the backseat. And saying, okay, well, we'll get to that later. But those are just the things that you do. And you say, look, I need to look at the future. I need to look at what I'm doing. I need to look at where I'm headed. And, and um, do I want to do this all the time? Or do I want to try and do something else? And it's not like I was, my arm was twisted and I told you have to do this. I decided to. And, you know, I remember years before when uh, we did Drag You, I was one of three artists that worked on the show that actually did the makeup for the students. So when they came in, um, we even when we weren't in the episode, we did the makeup on the contestants. And I remember Matthew and we saying, oh my gosh, you're like a makeup, makeup Xerox machine because they would give me the photo of what they wanted the makeup to look like and I just kind of did it. Mm. Now it was a little easier because I was working on someone that I didn't... Uh, you know, <laughs> have this this uh, idealized perception of that I I was able to just kind of nail it. So I understood why they called me, and I understood why it was uh, it out of all, you know every single person they could have called it was me. But I still think, and it's not lost on me that I was very fortunate to be called and to do that because. Rue is a very private person and he, you know, he's not, we, we didn't sign this, you know, NDA before we walk into the dressing room every day. But, you know, you kind of, you have your things you, you talk about, you discuss and that you do that you don't really want to 
divulge to everyone else. Right. So stepping back there and seeing, of course, seeing this drag queen that I've only ever seen completely done perfectly and, and help not just watching them get ready, but helping them get ready was a very odd thing to do. And I try to, anytime I talk to someone about, um, when they, you know, made fun of the work that I did on that first round of faces, I, I, I'll say to them, you know, I want you to take someone you idolize, someone you, you've looked at for years and that has kind of molded you into the person you've become. And I want you to imagine them bringing you into their world and asking you to help them do what they do. And then think, oh, okay, yeah, that would be a kind of difficult. Yeah. So, and depending on what your what your thing is that you love, it could be anything. It could be right. someone who uh, loves to cook. It could be someone who. It, it could be a number of things, but it was definitely a very weird situation. But now it's just I get there and she shows up, and we just literally spend most of the day laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. How do you describe for like? Uh, how do you describe the sort of signature Raven beat? Like somebody with a with a trained eye looking at your work. How, what is it that that they can go? Oh, that is that is Raven for sure. Well, the first thing is the nose. I I perfected these. Um, you know, Rue calls them behind bars, but um, I, I used to make fun of it and say they were racing stripes, but. I really went in and contoured my nose and created what they say an exclamation point. But it's a super heavy contoured nose, cut out cheeks, um, a a cut crease with too much eyeliner, and then a bold, overdrawn nude lip. Now, there are times where I've done other things, other colors or veered from that, but I always find myself going right back to that beige face with very defined cutout features because i you know i'm not trying to um i don't want to do beauty makeup i don't want to do oh just put on a little bit and go out and look pretty i understand the way i look without makeup and i know what i'm trying to present when i go onto stage or go in front of a camera or or do um you know give you know give face as they say and I know I need to put on a little extra. Some people get away with just wearing a little bit of color on their cheeks, some lashes and lip gloss, and they look great. But I, unfortunately, have spent years adding and adding and adding to where I go, oh, my gosh, I think I don't know if there's any more I could put on here. Yeah. <laughs> and then you think that, and then you think back to some of the looks that you've done and go, oh, my gosh, you're, you're crazy. But I, I remember also one time, the very first time I ever tried doing color on my eyes, like I, it was blue, greens, and purple eyeshadows. I hated it. I wiped it off. I called my friend. I canceled. And I said, I'm not coming into the show tonight because I, I had veered from my formula. Okay. And I didn't like the way it looked. But it's funny because someone had sent me a screen grab. I think it was a Wikipedia or uh, IMDB or something. And it literally said... Raven created a face of uh, cut crease, cut cheeks, contoured pinched nose, and oversized beige lips, which sums it up in a nutshell. And how much of that are you able to apply to Rue? How much of it do you have to reel in? 
Like I imagine that must be a real collaboration. Well, yeah. And it's hard because as to where I like to go in and cut everything out, she wants things a little more, uh, a little softer and more blended. So finding that fine line between uh, really contouring and giving a stage face to a softer camera face was difficult. She, um, she's very experimental and I'll say, Hey, let's try this. And she's like, okay, I'm down. And I think that the one thing she doesn't really like is glitter. Like anytime we put, I've used, wanted to use glitter on her eyes. She's like, Oh, because it's just, it ends up moving. You're in it so long. It falls on and gets all, you know, on your cheeks. It is hard to get off, but she, for the most part, will say, okay, let's do it. And then if it, she looks at it and goes, Oh, uh, Let's blend that out a little. Or I've only been given a couple of, of, uh, I guess, pointers on her face where she was like, "Okay, let's let's dial that back a little bit." And it was I was going way too light um, on her highlight under her eyes, which mm. I have a tendency to. And I was angling her eyeshadow too high, where she likes it to come out more. I was bringing it up here, and I like it to go up more. So trying to fine tune that. And then when I go to do my face, go back to what I usually do. And then when I get back to painting her, uh, doing what she likes, it's, it's a weird shift, but I find that I paint her more than I paint myself. now. So when I go in to do my makeup, I'm kind of going, Oh my gosh, I need to make sure that I, you know, carve everything out a little bit more, but Rue has better features than I do. So it's, uh, or I, I shouldn't say better. She has different. Yeah, what's better? She has different features than I do. So, like you know, her cheekbones are better, or, or I will say her cheekbones are better than mine. Mine are not, but um, yeah. You you learn your way around a face, and and then what, by the time we we've, we've done her makeup, and we go out and put her under under the light, all of those lights kind of wash everything out. So then I realized after that first round, I needed to deepen everything up because the light was washing everything out so much that we needed to kind of find the contrast. And so now with Painted with Raven, you are the Rue. What is it like stepping into that chair and just tell us how how the show came to be? Well, last year we were... uh, it, I kind of was almost through it in passing. Like they said, Oh, we have an idea for a show for you. Uh, I said, okay. And I've talked with other people and um, production companies and things before about ideas for things and been like, eh, no, I don't, I don't think so. But when it's world of wonder and it's Rue, you know, it's going to be good. And you know that they're that, you don't, you're not forced to say yes. It's kind of like, well, it's family now, so you should say yes. So when they told me about this idea, I thought you guys are nuts. A Zoom call makeup competition show. Okay. And so when we actually sat down and talked about it and how it was going to work, I thought, cool, let's do it. Why not? We'll give it a try. So when when I talked with Rue about it and then it came down to, to realizing, oh, I'm going to have to eliminate people. I'm going to have to put people up for, uh, you know, elimination or, uh, you know, make other people feel like they didn't do as great as someone else. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to kind of, you know, celebrate and give 
critique here and there. And Ruth said, you know, that's where you have to pull up your big girl tucking panties and do your job and realize that the first couple of times it's not that easy. It's not fun, definitely. But as it goes on, you realize it's a part of your job. And that's what you have to do. And this is how this goes, because that's what people want. They want to see that, uh, you know, that sliding scale of this person doing better, this one not doing so great, this person going home. It's definitely you don't, something you don't want to do. But I knew that with Randy and Fenton and Tom and Theron and Rue and everyone at World of Wonder, kind of, and Edward, everyone working around this, putting their hands on it, was going to be great. And then San, who is one of the producers on the show, she, uh, this was our first time working together, and she made it so easy that I was like, okay, I feel at, I feel at ease. I feel like uh, there was a calm about it where it's uh, it's different stepping into a, a hosting and not just hosting, but judging gig yeah. that you you go, I just want to get in drag and have fun. <laughs> and you go, no, that you have work to do here. Yeah. And so it was, it was, it was different, but it was also fun because, uh, you know, here you are sitting there at this table in, in this really nice little set and you're watching on this huge monitor, these seven artists do what they love and do something you love. And you're all speaking the same language of, of, of you know, makeup and, this isn't really about um, just pretty makeup as much as it is we wanted them to get in there and do things that weren't very conventional. And it, I mean, it's called painted and we wanted it to be more of a, a, of a going a little further with the makeup than just being, um, you know, Oh, I, I look pretty. You want to yeah. go, Oh my gosh, look at this. Oh my God! There's a someone in the trailer, a contestant who has sort of like alien makeup and with these sort of boils, and they like squeeze one of the boils and pus comes. I mean, it's so disgusting, but it's incredible. I mean, yes, and it's incredible because they're all doing it with the resources in their house, pretty much. Now they were right. given boxes, they were given, uh, you know, uh, tools, and they were all given makeup kits, but. Uh, you know, some of these artists do things with just like, like things you can find in your kitchen and these like really unconventional things that most people would think not to use for makeup. And I, I you know, I say, if you know it's going to work, go for it. But with our show, we had to make sure everything was safe. So they would have to run it by approval and say, oh, you know, was this approved by, you know, all of the different people who would say, this is safe to use on your face. This is safe to use near your eye. This is safe to use on, because not all makeup, like you can't use lipstick on the eye. I mean, you could, but most things are that are made for certain parts of the face are tested for that part of the face. So we wanted to make sure all the artists were safe. So I, if it works for you and you're putting lipstick on your eye and you get an infection, but it looks good, I'd say, cool. <laughs> you don't do it again oh, God. but uh yeah put it in god's hands but i uh i we were very careful about making sure they stayed in the in the uh safety zone mm. <laughs> because you would call it <laughs> yeah it, it was it's very interesting to see what people will come up with when given a box and say okay here's your challenge for the week and yeah. these are the, these are kind of 
That's almost like chalk. Have you watched chalks? Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. So they get a box and they have to make something that has to include this. So when you're getting, you know, a box and you're doing makeup and it says that you have to include feathers, it's weird that, you know, not everyone has used feathers. And then there are certain artists who think, oh, I always use feathers. And that's just a norm for them. So just to watch artists have to incorporate that and then do it in a way that you go, oh, wow, I would have never thought of that. And not not that we use feathers. Maybe we will in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fun to see, you know, everyone speaking in the same language that has different dialects, I guess you would say, when it comes to makeup. Yeah. And go, oh, I would have never thought of this, or I, I've never done that. And I wanted to make sure that none of the, the challenges that the contestants did weren't something I have not done myself, because that's not fair. So we went forward with challenges that were going to be, um, I, I know that I you know, I had done. And I wanted to theme myself. I was like, oh, I'm going to theme myself for every episode. And if they're doing this, I want to do that. And they they said, no, you need to just let them do that and just show up and do your thing and don't uh, let them shine. Let them sparkle. Mm. Yeah. And so it was hard because I'm always that that queen where if they're, if, this is the theme of the show. I want to go out and make sure I've got a theme for it too. So it was, uh, it was hard, but it was also hard because four hours, we gave them four hours to get ready. Now, some people may think that's a little long. I think it's just enough, but for four hours of the day, I just sat there and waited for them to get into their makeup because that, I wanted to make sure they have enough time, but I also didn't watch because I, I wanted to be surprised so that when they reveal it, I saw it with everyone else. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's eight Golden Girls episodes to sit through. And then, you know, and, and then you got yourself a show. And then, and then you start the show. So it, the, they were long days, but they were fun days. Yeah. Before we let you go. Yeah. I mean, we just have to uh, ask you about um, Martin before we go. You're, you're, mm-hmm. How long has it been? It will be nine years in March. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And you did say boyfriend. Is there talk of marriage? Uh, You know, we kind of have talked about that. We don't, for us, we don't feel like it's something we need to do. And I think that I've I've noticed in the last few years, um, a lot of people are following that. Like they kind of go, "Uh, uh, we don't really need to get married. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. You never know. There may come a day where we'll say, "Hey, we want to have a celebration of our love and uh, and have a get together with our closest friends and exchange vows." But we've never really. No, we're just committed to each other. We have we got each other matching rings, but we don't. Do we didn't have a ceremony. Mm-hmm. So who knows? You never know. And I. Life changes so quickly nowadays that it, you could yeah. end up turning around one day and saying, you know what? Let's go get married. Let's do it right now. Well, when you do, please come back and tell us all about, about it. it. And we'll talk about that too. But for now, you have to watch. make sure you're watching Painted with Raven. Painted with Raven. Wow TV Plus. I know it. I'm into it. I can't wait. Raven, thank you so much. Thank you for having me and chatting with me. I know we talked a little bit about 
everything. Yeah. <laughs> this is what the show is all about. Homophilia is a World of Wonder production, produced and edited by Kate Moldenhauer. Special thanks to Randy Barbato, Fenton Bailey, Stephen Sims, Edward Bochniak, and the whole team at World of Wonder. We love you. And theme music by my Ben Wise. Yes, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HomophiliaPod. You can give us a five-star review uh, on Apple Podcasts. Mm. Thank you for listening. We love you. We love you.